0: Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. And now let's join our guest speaker. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. <laughs> it is like fire shut up in your bones, my bones. You may take your seats. Ah, hallelujah. Thank you, God. Ah, God is great. I tell you what, I'm I'm just going to keep doing what God tells me to do, and that's going to be all right. Um, once again uh, Stella I guess looked at my computer uh, when I (laughs) saw my message and uh, chose songs to go right with it Um, it is the spirit and um, he is wanting us to get the message that he is a way maker a miracle worker uh, that he will keep his promise Mm, I want you to he will keep his promise because I know that uh, I'm not the only one that the Lord has promised some things to and life can seem like put those promises in despair or feel like they may not happen Uh, but he will keep his promise Uh, praise the Lord consider the ravens uh, living beyond fear uh, so I thought, this is when, when I leaned to my own understanding, that I was going to be done with the, uh, the series on fear, and we had talked about that a little bit, but God said not so. And so uh, this is part three. I think this is it, though. I'm gonna <laughs> I think this may be it. Um, and we're going to, uh, Luke twelve twenty two. uh kind of is where I want to start a little bit, just kind of open up, consider the ravens. Uh, For they neither sow nor reap, which have neither storehouses or a barn. Uh, God feeds them. How much more value are you than the birds? Uh, And it talks about consider the lilies and then also the sparrow. Uh, But we talked about responding to regret the first time. We ask for forgiveness uh, or forgive others. We live in the present moment. We give up control or realize we never had control which is more, most important. We think positive and we practice gratitude. Um, so that's responding to regret. And then we talking about learning not to fret or learn not to be afraid. Uh, and the first thing, we act on God's word and not react to circumstances. Uh, and That is key. I think <laughs> we act on God's words, on God's word, and not react to circumstances. We pray and fast. Uh, We focus on Jesus and not our surroundings. We know that God is with us wherever we go, even in the fire. He's with us. And we renew our mind and put on the new man. Um, Before uh, the first one, we did also comparative analysis of Peter and Judas. And so they both had regret. uh, But one uh, had a godly conviction and asked for forgiveness. And the other uh, went to his demise. So we should choose to, if we have regret, ask for forgiveness and then move forward and not be fearful. And so in looking at listening to previous messages, and so I listened. I try to listen to myself. Um, it's hard to, but I do listen to myself preach uh, just so I know where what areas I can improve upon. Uh, but in also listening to every message I try to uh, that we teach here, even when I'm not here, um, I felt like it was incomplete. So in listening to my prior message, I said, ah, oh, there's more. Or the Holy Spirit said, there's more. Uh, I want you to show the people how to live without the fear. So we confronted the fear. So we confronted our past, confronted the fear of the future, and we talked about how we confront that. But then what does life look like without fear? Uh And so we're really going to focus, it is considered a raven's, and we'll get to that a little bit later. But we're really going to focus on 2 Timothy 1 and 7. Where it says, "For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, and of love, and of a sound mind. Power, love, and sound mind. And I don't know when I uh, read that verse, and even um, before I even been speaking or ministering, I always felt like sound mind was out of place in power and love. It said it'd be power, love, and joy. Something, you know, not sound mind. I didn't know how that fit into it." Uh, but in studying, I figured it out. But, uh, <laughs> but power, so we're going to look at power. Dunamis, uh, Strong's Greek uh, concordance is 1411. Dunamai, force, especially uh, miraculous power He's a miracle worker. Uh, properly, it means to ability to perform uh, for the believer is the power to achieve by applying the Lord's inherent abilities. So it's our power to achieve by applying his ability. He has the power. We have to apply that to our lives. Power through God's abilities is needed in every sense of our life for us to grow in sanctification, to prepare us for heaven, glorification, and to dunamis, which is to perform miracles, to do power, might, strength. That is the power that we need. Moses questioned God's power. Numbers Uh, 11, 21, and 22, Moses said, um, the people were wanting not to eat manna anymore. And he said, well, I'll provide them meat. And Moses was like, are you crazy? (laughs) The people I am among are 600,000 men. It's not including the on foot. It's not including the, the women and children. You have said, I will give them meat that they may eat for a whole month. Shall flocks and herds be slaughtered for them to provide enough for them. So Moses is like, "What? What are you? How are you going to do this? Or, or, or shall the sea? Shall all the fish of the sea be gathered together for them to provide enough for them?" So he was doubting God's abilities. You know, God said, "I'm going to feed them for a month, give them meat because they were tired of manna and they were complaining, which the children of Israel did a lot of, and so do we." Uh, God said, "Hey, I'm going to provide the meat." And Moses, after you, you would think after all that Moses has seen, that he would not doubt and question God, but. God can say that, in, and he often reminds me of my own life, even after all that I've done, you still sometimes doubt. Um, and maybe he says that in your life, too, that even after all that I've done for you, you still sometimes question my ability to do more. So God responds in uh, the next verse. It says, the Lord said to Moses, has the Lord arm been shortened? Uh, now you shall. He's like, so you're trying. You're questioning me. Are my arms too short? Am I not God? You know. If I said I was going to do it, my promises, if I I say that I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. He said, now you shall see whether what I say will happen to you or not. He was like, God is, I I could see God saying that. He said it to me several times. (laughs) Now you're going to see what I can do. And that's what he's saying to you. Um, As you walk without fear, God is saying, now you're going to see. What I can do. Because we're gonna qu- trust him. Because we questioned him before, right? We were in our fearful days, we questioned whether he could do it or not. But now he's saying, Now you're gonna see what I can do. Are my arms too short? I know you're thinking it is. <laughs> Matthew nineteen twenty six is uh, But Jesus looked to them and said, With men this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. He didn't say some or spiritual things. (laughs) He said all things are possible. And that's what he's saying to us. He wants us to know that with that power that he gives us after fear, that all things are possible. So when you move past fear, then all things are possible. Are possible i want you to get that when you move past fear all things are possible so there's nothing that god can't not do for you that he's promised you there's nothing that you can't walk in there's no spiritual growth level that you can stop and say well i've maxed out now i think i'm where i'm no all things are possible there's no unforgiveness that he can't forgive there's no depression that he can't lift you out of all things are possible. There's no healing that he can't. There's no sickness that he can't heal. All things are possible when you move past fear. Get it? I got it. <laughs> I hope I got it. <laughs> I'm praying I got it. We're Moving past fear, you guys. We're moving past fear. I think it's important. I, I think the Lord wants us to. There's no amount of giving. That's another thing. There's no amount of giving that you can't do. Because we move past the fear of my budget can't handle this and I have too much going on. We move past that fear to say all things are possible. So we have power. We have love. This love is agape love. It's goodwill. Love, benevolence. Uh, It's a love feast. (laughs) Love which centers on morals. Uh, So too, uh, this is in Greek. 26, agape focuses on the preference, like the verb uh, antiquity is meant to prefer. I prefer to love. I prefer to esteem love. I, my preference is to love. Even though I could be angry, I'm going to prefer love. Even though I could choose bitterness, my preference, my heart will choose love. Even though they did me wrong and they talk about me like a dirty dog, which they don't—I don't think they do—but um, <laughs> I choose to love. First John four seventeen and nineteen—it's the consummation of love. It says love has been perfected among us in this. All right, this is important. This is how love has been perfected among us, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because he is. So are we in this world That is key because he is. So are we in the world? All right. So it's perfected among us in that we have boldness in the day of judgment. That means that I, my salvation is sure. I don't have to worry when come judgment, like the world worries and quivers because they've done so many wrong things and they don't have forgiveness. And they're, they're questioning whether they're going to make it in. My salvation is sure. And I can come to the throne of grace with boldness, knowing that the blood has been shed for the forgiveness of my sins. And I have I have partaken of that. And now I am him in the earth. Right. He says because he is. So are we in the earth. So he is in heaven. God, Jesus is gone on. He's interceding on behalf of the father, on behalf of us with the father and sitting on the right hand of God. And we are in the earth. And so are we. We are now Jesus in the earth, right? The church. We are his children, his sons. 18 says of of 1 John 4 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment or punishment or chastisement. But he who fears has not been made perfect or been made complete in love. We love him because he first loved us. So this consummation of love, this agape love, is that there is no fear in it. The love that I have is going to cast out any kind of fear. Because the love I have is God's love. And so if I have God's love, I don't have to worry about precipitation or is this love going to be trampled on or my, is love going to break my heart? Because this is God's love. And God's love... It doesn't matter what happens. It's just love. (laughs) Because he is, which may be understood, because he is, so are we in the world, which may be understood either of God to whom the saints are like for such who are born again as those who love the brethren. They are partakers of this divine nature and bear resemblance to him in the earth. So we are him in the earth. Even in our present state of being, as it says, becomes we are holy and becoming more holy, to be more like him, and to be merciful to the wicked man, as he is merciful. We are to love the saints so as He, We are to be tender-hearted just like He is, We are to forgive one another, just like Christ forgave us. For God is love, and we should be known for our love for others. So we have power. We live in. We walk in power. We walk with love, and then we have a sound mind. And sound mind here is the only reference, the the Greek that is only found in this particular passage of scripture, First Second Timothy one seven. Sound mind means to aptly acting out God's will by doing what He calls sound reasoning. Sound mind means. Acting out God's will by doing what he calls sound reasoning. Prudence, properly, safe mind doing. Uh, it's a behavior that fits a situation. The uh, King James Version is a sound mind. uh International Version is wise discretion. Some versions may have it as power, love, and discipline. But all means to act out God's will by doing what he calls. Sound reasoning. Proverbs three 5, 10 says, "Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not, lean not, <laughs> to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct your paths." Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. I will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Honor the Lord with your possession possessions and with the first fruits of your increase So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine this is the lean in not to your own understanding because my understanding would say i need to hold on to this especially in those latter verses or my understanding would say it will lean in not means that my flesh the help it will be help to my flesh so even if my understanding doesn't see that, I'm not going to lean on my understanding. <laughs> I'm going to lean to his understanding. And it says that it will be help to my flesh. It will be strength to my bones. If I honor the Lord in my possessions, you know, I'm going to give of all that I have, my income and myself, uh, that he will give me increase. And there will be plenty in my house and my vats will overflow. Uh, Joshua 9 12, and 15. We're going to camp out in Joshua for a little while. I don't have much longer. Um, but Joshua 9 talks about taking the provisions for the journey to go meet them. We're, let's turn there right quick. We're going, to, we're going to stay there for a little while. We're still talking about having a sound mind. to so doing what God tells you to do. That's what sound mind is. We're going to follow in his directions. So Joshua 9, 12 through 15. It's, and we're gonna go here first, and then we're gonna go back, and then we'll come back again. Since so twelve says, uh, take provisions with you for the journey, and go meet them, and say to them, "We are servants now; therefore, make covenant with us." So what happens is, uh, and there are a couple of battles, and we're going to cover that in a minute. But the Gibeonites got word that the children of Israel were defeating and, and possessing their land that they were promised. And it is the interesting that God promised them the land, but He did not promise that they, would have to not, they didn't have to fight for the land. And God may have promised you some things, and you're going to have to fight for it. Uh, so the Gibeonites were smart; said so they were going to deceive Israel, and they were going to say that they were from a faraway country, very far away, and they heard about what was going on, so they wanted to make a treaty with the uh, children of Israel. And so they came in. And uh, what they did was they put on old clothes and they got moldy bread and they got old wine skins that were cracked. And they looked all. Everything about them was said they had been on a long, long journey. So when they came to the children of Israel, it looked like they had been traveling a long time, which they really had. That was part of the deception. So when they came to the children of Israel. They said, you know, they uh, Joshua kept asking them, you know, where are you from? And they kept saying, oh, we're from a long we're a long way we traveling is like you know here's our proof you know look at our tattered clothes look at our worn out shoes look at our moldy bread we've been traveling a long time and we want to make a treaty with you guys and so in verse 12 it says this is uh in my verse i'm reading that in my bible It says the the bread was hot from the ovens this is nine verse 12 out of joshua it says the bread was hot from the ovens when it left our homes but now as you can see, it is dry and moldy. They're lying. <laughs> These wineskins were new when they were filled when we filled them, but now they are old and split open. And our clothing and sandals are worn out from our very long journey. And so the Israelites examined their food, and this is key. But they did not consult the Lord. Then Joshua made peace with them, made peace made a peace treaty with them. And guarantee them their safety and led, and, and their leaders of the community ratify their agreement with the binding oath. They did not consult with the Lord. So they made this oath. So part of what having a sound mind is, is aptly doing what the Lord tells you to do. And part of that means that you're going to have to check in with the Lord (laughs) before you do something to ask, is this what I should do? Because you may find yourself in a situation like Joshua, and that they didn't ask the Lord. they said, all right, hey, they look old. We're going to go for it. What happens is, in verse 14, three days after making a treaty, they learned the people actually live nearby. (laughs) They were neighbors. They were part of that land that they were supposed to possess. And now because they made this treaty, they had to agree to it so they could not possess the land that the Gibeonites had. And so the Gibbonites had to live among them. How many times have we not either checked in with the Lord, made a decision, and now we've got to live with that decision for the rest of our lives? we laugh right (laughs) so many times right how many times have we did not had joshua just taken the moment to say lord what would you have us to do with these people but he didn't how many times do we in that moment knowing that we're supposed to check with him we don't make a decision and now we have to live with that decision Power, love, sound mind. Just following God's orders, really. The best example that we have to epitomize power, love, and sound mind is Jesus. He's the best. I look, there are some other good examples. I like Daniel. He's a good one. There are other ones who are good sometimes. (laughs) They waver back and forth. Uh, Joshua is a good one. not you joshua but this joshua (laughs) um but actually before we before we talk about jesus though let's let's look at joshua because i think uh joshua i mean in, in in just reading this it just so mirrored you know our lives and what we do and what we tend to do as people as humans um but in Joshua, when it talks about that, you know, be strong and Joshua, uh, uh, the Lord commands Joshua not to be afraid and be courageous several times. And you're going to possess the land. I've given you this land. I want you to go take this land. It's, that's the synopsis of it. And so and, and they cross over the Jordan. He gives them specific orders of what to do to cross over the Jordan, They cross over the Jordan. Then they go into uh, Jericho and they want to go possess that land. And so uh, they send some spies out um And the spies go to Rahab's house. Uh, She protects them. And so when they go in to take over Jericho, I think, yeah. No, before that, not before, this is before Jericho. Rahab's, they go in and plunder. Uh, God gives them specific directions to go in to plunder the city that Rahab was in. Rahab puts the uh, crimson uh, tie or cords around the house to know that this is our house. Please don't kill us kill everybody else around us but not us uh, so they do that they follow god's directions uh particularly so then it comes to uh jericho they come in gives god gives them specific directions in verse uh, chapter six to follow jericho tells them to walk around uh for six days and then on the seventh day walk around seven times and then blow the horn and the people yell out with a loud voice and the wall came tumbling down we know that story quite well and they did that and i was like yeah we're on a roll. We're possessing our land. We're winning some battles. We're doing some things. Uh, little did they know some things went wrong. Um, Joshua, again, does not check in with the Lord after the battle of Jericho. So they immediately go and try to fight the people of Ai. And they were defeated. In verse, uh, I think, chapter 7 says Joshua uh, sent some men from Jericho to spy out the town of Ai. So this is in Jericho. They have won Jericho. Thought they had destroyed everything. Found out somebody was lying then. Um, he sends, he said, the spies go out. They come back and say, oh, we can take them out. There's no big problem. We don't even need everybody to go with us. You know, you guys sit back, just send 3,000 of us, and we'll go take them out. He sends the 3,000. They get their butts whooped. <laughs> they come running back. And it was like, oh, my God, they beat us. And so then uh, in chapter 7, uh, I think verse 10, yeah, verse 10 says, But the Lord said to Joshua, no, verse 8, Joshua and the elders tore their clothes in dismay. and threw dust on their heads, and they bowed their face in, uh, in the evening. They cried out, O sovereign Lord, why did you bring us across the Jordan River if you were going to let us down? Let the Amorites kill us. And, um, yeah, so this is, what, this is what we do, you know. We don't check in with God. Something happens, and we say, "Oh God, why'd you let this happen to us? You know, why'd you do this to me? You know, now I look like a fool amongst the people." And you know, and then I love the way God responds, uh, much like He responds to me. I don't know if He responds to you guys this way. But he said, the "Lord," but the Lord said to Dr. Joshua, "Get up! Why are you lying on your face like this? I said, what are you doing, Joker? Get up!" He said, "Israel has sinned." and broken my covenant what happened was somebody in the camp when they were supposed to destroy everything somebody didn't destroy everything they took some things for themselves and hid it in their their tent and they were killed for that so then they went out and and in chapter eight they actually go out now checked in with the lord and the lord says give some specific orders then and so there's this pattern that happens i think in in joshua's life and I, and I think God is developing a relationship with Joshua, much like us, in that he's wanting total dependency on him. And so he gives him specific directions about AI, and he tells them, you know, send 30,000. And he tells them that they can keep the spoils in this battle. See, the prior battle, they had to destroy everything. In this battle, they can keep And how important is it for us to check in, to know what God wants us to do? Because just because he did it this way last time doesn't mean he's going to do it the same way this time. Even though the circumstances may look the same, it's a battle. We'll just destroy everything. Maybe we'll do that and we'll miss our blessing because... We thought it was gonna be like last time we destroyed everything, and then we get that this time we destroyed everything. God said, Hey, I want I didn't want you to destroy everything in this. I was like, Man, I missed out. There was so much that I could have kept, but I did the same thing last time thinking that it would be the same this time. Maybe it's just me. It's just me. So they defeat Ai in chapter eight. So it gets to the Gibeonites. And again, this is this is the back and forth of Joshua. So, you know, they don't check in or they don't follow God's direction, they mess up. He gives them another chance. They're successful. It comes to the Gibeonites. They don't check in. They make a treaty. They find out later these are our neighbors and now we got to live with this for the rest of our life. Moving past fear, we're going to have to be like Jesus. Not like Joshua, (laughs) but like Jesus. Uh, Jesus had a power, of course. There are at least over 30 recorded miracles that Jesus did. Uh, Healings, raising the dead, speaking to the storm. Um, healing the blind, feeding 5,000 men and their families. So he had the power. and definitely had love. And we can look at, one, consider the ravens. Consider how if he's concerned about feeding the birds, <laughs> how much more is he concerned about us? He's going to take care of us. If he's clothed the lilies in such beautiful adornment, how much more is he going to clothe you? And sparrows were a dime a dozen, you can get two for a dollar, two for a penny. And they they were seemed to be worthless, but the Lord said that, you know, I know when one dies. So how much more important are you his love for you? Who so has the power, he has the love, and he constantly is checking in with the Father. Constantly checking in with the Father. John six thirty eight says, For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but to do the will of Him who sent me. John fourteen thirty one says, But so that the world may know that I love the Father, I do exactly as the Father commanded me. John five and nineteen says, Therefore Jesus answered and saying to them, Truly, truly I say to you. The Son can do nothing of Himself unless it is something He sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, these are the things the Son also does in like manner. So Jesus is pointing or telling us how to live without the fear. It's total dependency on Him, following His direction. Applying his power in our lives. Having that sound mind and love. Ultimately, I think Jesus' humanity is shown most in the prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane. Where we see that his will is dying and he's going to do the will of the Father. Uh, Matthew 26, uh, 36, and I'm just going to skip around. It says, But my uh, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch with me. And he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And a little further down, 42, it says, oh, uh, again, for a second time, he went away and prayed, saying, oh, oh, my father, if the cup cannot pass away from me unless I drink it, your will be done. And then he also says the same thing a third time, It says that in verse 44. It is what we must do to live past the fear. We must give up our will. It's not my will, but Thy will be done. And so. In doing that. Just like Joshua, when the land is promised, you still got to fight. But it's not your will in this battle. It's his will. And so it's not my battle. It's his battle. And I'm going to apply his power, his love, and his sound reasoning to whatever I'm facing. And to be successful, I must apply his power his love and his sound reasoning to be successful and whatever that is, and wherever that happens and whatever may come and whatever calamities and issues that may come in your life, we must apply his power, his love and his sound reasoning. And when we do that, when we apply his, his power, his love and sound reasoning then we are guaranteed to know that we will overcome. We will find success in whatever state that is. And this is just not for, you know, financial gain or physical gain. This is spiritual growth. My desire is to be better, to be a better Virgil, you know. And the only way this is going to happen is if I apply his power, his love, and his sound reasoning. My desire is to make better decisions in life. I'm going to apply his power, love, and sound reasoning. My desire is to forgive forgive some family members that have done me wrong. I'm going to have to apply his power, his love, and sound reasoning. And it may not look like it sound to me. Because the word says, "Lean not to your own understanding." I can imagine Noah. Noah thought building this ark for rain that I've never seen is crazy, and he literally had people tell him, "You're crazy." And you may have people say to you, "That seems illogical," but what may seem foolish to you may be the plan of God for your life, and may may get you to where. You want him to go. And you may not see all the parts that may work together to get you there, but he's already planned it and he sees it and he's already worked it out. And you're just looking at step one and he already done 20 steps. <laughs> and you're afraid of step one because this decision seems like it doesn't make sense and it makes sense to go this way, but he's saying go this way. And How many times have you felt that and gone that way? Unfortunately. Because it made appeared to make more sense to go that way and then when we got that way three days later we found out we were tricked because the gibeonites (laughs) was deceitful and put on some old clothes and said we're from a faraway land you know power love and sound mind And when we move past that fear, we can do and accomplish great things just as Jesus did. His three-year ministry. (laughs) Remember that. Three-year ministry, he he impacted the world in such a great way. How much more can he do in your life, in your 15, 20, 30, 40-year ministry, if we would apply his power, his love, and his sound mind? God bless. Thank you for listening to this message from Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com. Contact us by email, cornerstonecom at or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you.